This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Here comes a lightning bolt. Charger fans are witnesses to history. This is the Lightning Round Podcast with your hosts, Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle. Go Chargers, go. Welcome everybody to the Lightning Round Podcast. I am at Garrett Sisti. Jamie is at lightning underscore round. Don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube. It is the Lightning Round Podcast. We're doing our after hours there. You can catch us every day after the game, and you'll catch us this Sunday after the game, which is the game we're going to be covering today. It is the biggest game of the Charger season thus far. But first, we got a couple donations. The first one came from Jay Freeman, who said, After hours has saved my life this season. Never leave us. Can't handle Chargers football without you guys. We missed you too, Jay. Thank you so much for the donation and the kind words. And the next one is from Greg Holcomb who says, fuck the Raiders. Keep up the great work, gentlemen. Cheers, Greg in Seattle. So thank you, Greg. We appreciate it. Very generous. Yes, yes. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Jay. Appreciate both of you. And FTR, we appreciate it. So let's talk about this matchup here against the Raiders. It is Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert's most important game, again, of their careers as Chargers so far. It is win and get in for the Chargers. The Raiders are on a three-game winning streak. They just uh, finished off the Colts with a last-minute field goal. Uh, the last time these two teams faced each other, Derek Carr had under 200 yards passing. He was picked off by Derwin James. Josh Jacobs only ran for 40 yards. Their leading receiver was Henry Ruggs at the time, who's obviously no longer on the team. So let's go in it. A little bit different team. So let's start with the offense, and I guess we got to start with Derek Carr. Yeah, Um the offense has been, in spite of their three-game winning streak, I think they've won five out of seven as well. Um, they've been turning the ball over a lot. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing I noticed is I think it was 15 turnovers in their last five games, so they're averaging three turnovers a game, uh, which is obviously not good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Derek Carr has been kind of up and down in terms of his performance. You know, He'll throw for 250, 261 game, and then he'll be down around 200 the next has not been terribly consistent. They've had weapons in and out of the lineup. Um, Derek Carr, though, is, I believe, in terms of DVOA, he's the second-highest-rated quarterback in the AFC right now behind the Chargers' Justin Herbert. So he is playing well, and he's making the most of his opportunities. DVOA basically makes – it measures efficiency, um, more or less. So he has been extremely efficient and in terms of moving the Raiders up and down the field. It just seems like they're doing just enough to overcome their mistakes. Uh, Carr is a guy who you can hit. Uh, you can rattle if you get to him early, as we've seen. He will make mistakes. Uh, he doesn't push the ball down the field as much as you would think. Uh, he doesn't like to throw the ball down the field, particularly against cover two. Um and he can struggle with cover three at some points as well. So um, 
kind of up and down. He'll dump the ball off. He likes to go to his tight ends. Been thrown to Zay Jones quite a bit. And obviously we know about Darren Waller, who's back this week, and and, and uh, Hunter Renfro as well. So, yeah, I mean, we know a lot about Derek Carr. We know the troubles he could have, and uh, getting to him won't be a huge issue or shouldn't be a huge issue for the Chargers, uh, one of which they've had some up and down getting to the quarterback. But this Raiders O-line, uh, kind of trying to keep uh, Derek Carr protected, has given up the most sacks. They've given up 36 on the season. Uh, last week, Derek Carr seemed like he was under pressure for entire, like half the entire game. Uh, and measured by PFF, he was under pressure for 42% of that game. And during that time, Derek Carr threw two interceptions at a QB rating of 28%. So pretty easy to tell how you can win this game. It's to get to Derek Carr. And this offensive line is not very good. Derek Carr has 14 picks on the year. Nine of those came under pressure. A lot of the issues come from the right side. Alex Leatherwood, last time they played, was having his issues with Joey Bosa. Uh, Bosa made Leatherwood look absolutely silly. So he made him look so bad. In fact, the Raiders moved him into right guard the very next game and he hasn't moved back out to right tackle. <laughs> so <laughs> this is a big game for Joey Bosa. He's going to have a favorable matchup. He's going to go against uh, Brandon Parker, probably get some Leatherwood too on the inside. And in the run game, Linville Joseph was a guy who was really mixing things up at the line of scrimmage. Uh, really bested the Raiders center Andre James, and he owned that matchup, and he's going to have to again on Sunday because a big part of this is going to have to stop the run because Josh Jacobs, during those wins, has been pretty effective on the ground. Yeah, he's been running for right around 100 yards pretty consistently for the last four or five weeks. Um, one advantage the Chargers will have is I do not believe they had Justin Jones for the first matchup. And he will be he will be playing this week, so they will have their full complement of interior defensive linemen. Their linebacking core will be more or less healthy, obviously, with the exception of Drew Tranquil, uh, which is a, a big loss. But if they can stack the line of scrimmage um, and they can penetrate and create and disrupt a little bit there, um, I think they have a good shot at stopping Brandon Jacobs, Josh Jacobs. I Josh Jacobs. Jacobs. Yeah, that's Jacob. right. <laughs> Different running back. Uh, Josh, yeah, I mean, he only had 40 yards again on that day. He was averaging a little over three yards per carry. Uh, he's coming in this game pretty banged up, but still effective. And the Chargers obviously going to have to limit the run and force Derek Carr into some turnovers. We talked about the offensive line. And so it sounds like you mentioned it. Darren Waller is probably going to be playing on Sunday, which means – We'll probably see Derwin matched up on Waller from time to time, some kinds of year as well. Uh, for me, the biggest thing on offense is Hunter Renfro, who's become just an absolute technician as a route runner and a real weapon for the Raiders. He ran a really, really nasty route as a short yardage touchdown last time. So this is going to be a pretty tough matchup for Michael Davis and Asante Samuel Jr. Um, Jay Jones, who you mentioned, uh, coming off a monster game. Against the Colts, it was a career day at 120 yards. He did a ton of damage on the intermediate parts of the field. It's interesting because Zay Jones has been pretty ineffective throughout his career as a deep threat because his ball tracking skills are awful. And so they are trying to use his speed on the inside and in those short and intermediate routes. And they were pretty effective uh, last Sunday against the Colts. So uh, something you'll have to look out for is Zay Jones and maybe a new role for him. Uh, kind of figuring out what he does best, and that is not the deep ball anymore. 
And so, you know, the Raiders will probably try to mimic the game plan they had uh, Sunday against the Colts. They had a lot of success. It was Jones. It was Renfro. Probably some Waller running those drag routes, some rub routes. They were getting uh, guys open in space. Uh, the Chargers are going to have to contend and lock up that middle of the field. And these DBs have got to do a much, much, much better job tackling this Sunday because there are some guys that can break some ball, break some touchdowns if they uh, if they don't wrap up and tackle on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, tackling's been an issue for the last couple of weeks. It was really bad against the Broncos last week, so they definitely have the Chargers do definitely have to tackle much better, uh, particularly in the secondary. Um, I thought Asante Samuel and Michael Davis and Chris Harris all really struggled with tackling against the Broncos on Sunday. So that's got to be much, much sharper than it was a week ago. Um, I think the one thing that stands out watching the Raiders right now is it seems like their offense is a little bit more diverse than it was the first time the Chargers played them. Yep. You know, the first time the Chargers played them, it was basically Jacobs running the ball and then Waller in the middle of the field and Renfro on third down. And things have kind of evolved. You mentioned Zay Jones making plays in the intermediate part of the field. Um, they have added um, Deshaun Jackson, although he yeah. isn't making that many plays right now. And they it seems like they've been finding uh, Foster Morrow, their other tight end, uh, in the intermediate plays as well. And he's been a bigger part of the offense these last four or five weeks. So more guys for, for the Chargers to have to, to cover and to account for. Uh, definitely have to be aware of, where Hunter Renfro is and make sure he's taken care of on third down for sure. That's where they're looking more often than not on third down. Um, and I think, I think we might actually see more of Michael Davis on Darren Waller than, um, than Derwin James. Than Derwin. Like, they've done that in the past with some success. I'm, I'm sure it'll be kind of a rotation, but they seem to like to give Davis the, the more difficult matchup um, week to week. So I think if he's healthy and ready to go, and they feel like he's kind of rebounded from his his week off from COVID. I think we'll see him matched up with Darren Waller much more than some people might wish to see, but they've had some success doing it in the past. Yeah, a lot of on the last time they played the Chiefs, there was a lot when they were do, matching up with Kelsey. There was a lot of Derwin on Kelsey, and then Derwin went down and Kelsey went off. But yeah, there's there's definitely going to be a lot of mixing and matching. They're not going to just leave Derwin on on Waller the entire game and Waller's been limited throughout practice. So, you know, who knows if he'll be a hundred percent probably won't be the Waller we're expected to sing throughout the last couple of years, but yeah, it's definitely going to be a mix. I'm sure we're going to see Michael Davis, Derwin James, probably some Kaiser if uh, he's going across the middle, uh, you know, it's going to be an, a very interesting matchup. Uh, Darren Waller, a big target Hunter Renfro, the, the one I'm most concerned about Sunday for the chargers, just a, real tough hang for these corners. When we're talking about just this game as a whole, the Raiders are a team you have to close out, and they did that the last time. The Raiders have the most walk-off wins in NFL history this season, so this is a team the Chargers are going to have to put a punctuation on on Sunday night. They can't let them hang around because they will come back and try to win games. The last time they played, the Chargers had a seven-point win, a seven-point lead, and they're and they held the ball for over five minutes and the Chargers just ran it down the Raiders throat, extended the lead. Derwin James gets a pick, closes it out. So I know it sounds obvious, but the Chargers can and will probably jump out to an early lead. That's how the Raiders just kind of stick around. They give up big leads and then they just hang around and hang around and then they go full force in the fourth quarter. But this is not a team you can just sit and coast because last game, they were talented enough last Sunday for the Chargers. They were talented enough to just kind of coast against the Broncos and win that game. This time, 
they they just can't. They've got too much at stake, and this is not a team you can just sit back and and just kind of coast against. Yeah, I would expect a much more aggressive game plan from the Chargers this week. Um, I think, you know, playing the Broncos, knowing they didn't have competent quarterback play and they didn't really have any healthy wide receivers outside of Cortland Sutton, I think it was much easier for the Chargers to be conservative offensively and mm-hmm. try to run the clock out and just uh, milk a lead. I think against the Raiders, uh, with the playoffs on the line, they're going to have to be more aggressive, particularly on offense, um, push the ball down the field a little bit more, build a big lead, try to put them away early, and then just get after Derek Carr. Yep. Get, get that two to three score lead early on, cut Bosa loose, cut Nwosu loose, start calling Derwin. some blitzes, Derwin, you know, get, get some of those guys free and, and create some havoc and see if you can force some mistakes and make the Raiders put themselves away because they yeah. will do that if you give them a chance to do it. Yeah. So, so let's talk about defensively how Las Vegas stacks up. So, uh, I guess we got to talk about uh, this defense. What what are you looking at for the Las Vegas defense? You know, I went into it uh, expecting to see much more cover two, more mixing and matching, more variety in the coverage, and really it's still the same defense we saw with, with Gus Bradley and the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Um, not much has changed. It's a lot of cover three. Yep. They will show some cover three and switch to cover one. You'll see some cover three clouds, some cover three match, things of that nature, but really it's single high. They're relying on the underneath defenders to flood the field, play their zones, and keep the ball in front of them. It's the same. It's the same defense we saw Gus Bradley run for the Chargers for what four or five years. So yeah, not not much has changed um, in terms of personnel. I mean, the guy you got to watch out for right now is Max Crosby. He's been killing it all season. He's having a mm-hmm. great year. Um, really vaulted himself in the discussion of some of the best pass rushers in the league. He was a a nightmare in the first matchup really abused storm Norton. So it'll be interesting to yep. see what they do at right tackle. Cause I would expect to see Crosby lined up over the right tackle more often than not this week. There's just no sense in wasting him on, on Rashawn Slater. So yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll look for those matchups on the right tackle. Can Pipkins take his effort last week where, you know, I counted two pressures. I, I think PFF said he didn't give up any. I counted two against Malik Reed and, whatever 35 pass rush snaps so uh-huh. he had a really um pickens had a, a great game last week against the broncos he's gonna have to be even better this week because crosby is a nightmare um you know raiders fans will tell you that the that the raiders defense is blitzing a lot more uh-huh really i was not, gonna ask you oh, okay it really isn't not from what i saw no me neither um it it still looks to me like they're rushing for the vast majority of the time they're just getting more pressure because crosby's more effective and that's making everybody else around him better. Right, right. That's what I was going to say, because you said on After Hours that your friend was like, oh, they're blitzing more. And I think it's an illusion because just how good Max Crosby's been and how good uh, Yannick Ngakwe's been on the other side, they're getting pressure and it seems like they're blitzing, but they're just being real, real good. They're pinning their ears back and getting after the quarterback. It's not It's not that they're sending more guys than the, than the offense can handle. They are just being very effective as pass rushers. And it's no wonder guys like Denzel Perryman and Casey Hayward are having good years because when you've got two premier pass rushers that are getting after the quarterback, there's a lot of bad throws. There's a lot of, you know, messing with quarterbacks timing and forcing bad throws. So they're benefiting from a lot of that, from what Ngakwe and Crosby are doing and not, you know, not taking any, anything away from those guys who have performed, but Crosby and Ngakwe have been really good 
And and like you mentioned, I mean, Storm Norton got worked over. And I don't know if Staley's going to, you know, leave Norton in there or give Pipkins another go at right tackle. But last time they played, Mac Crosby, Crosby worked him over. Uh, this will be probably the single most important matchup for the Chargers offensively because Max Crosby cannot get after Justin Herbert. He is a real weapon. Uh, he is a game wrecker. And the Chargers are going to have to account for Max Crosby all the time because he can, I mean, he could ruin this game for the Chargers on Sunday if they let him catch fire. Yeah, as good as Ngakwe is, Crosby is the guy who can really ruin the game. For the oh, Chargers. yeah. I yeah, agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, yeah. And so just moving along that defensive line, uh, the uh, the Raiders have been without Jonathan Hankins, who's been their best D lineman. Uh, he didn't practice yesterday. And, but the guy who stepped up while watching these Raider games has been Darius Phylon. He has looked so good. Uh, he looked like the uh, their best run defender uh, going on towards the end of this end of this year. He's improved as a pass rusher. I mean, right now it's just been he's just looked so much better and kind of what he flashed with the Chargers. He's just he's looked really good. He's a guy that uh, has stepped up in Hankins' absence. But the man you can run right over right now is Solomon Thomas. He looks awful in the run game. He offers some pass rushing upside. We know about him, you know, covering him in the draft season and watching him in San Francisco, but he gets absolutely washed in the run game right now. He has not proved as a run defender, and I love, 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 love to see the Chargers run right over Matt Filer, attack Thomas on some important short yardage situations when they get in that third and one, maybe fourth and inches, just run right over straight at Solomon Thomas because he's given up a ton of yards or a ton of ground in the run game. Yeah, as Thomas is an edge player playing the interior. That's that was the knock on him coming out, and it hasn't really changed very much. He's a little undersized to be playing inside. Yep, he can win with quickness in the pass rush, but he's not somebody who's going to anchor and and control a gap in the run game. So you can definitely run over him for sure. Um, and you know, as as much hype as Denzel Perriman's been getting, and he has had a, a good season in terms of counting stats. He hardly ever comes off the field. And in that cover three, he's a major liability in coverage. Yep. You can definitely go after him. You can you see it time and time again. Teams running those deep overs, ch challenging both him and Corey Little to run with a speed receiver over the middle of the field, and they just can't do it. doesn't matter how many times you ask them to do it, they can't do it. Uh -uh. So no. there should be plays there all day long, um, whether it's Eckler, whether it's Keenan, whether it's you know, one of the tight ends, whether it's Mike Williams, whoever it might be, there are going to be plays on those deep overs in the middle of the field when they need them. They're there all day long. Um, oh, yeah. You can green light any of these linebackers. Denzel Perryman, KJ Wright, even their rookie linebacker, Divine Diablo. All that's going to be open on Sunday. The last time they played, it was Perryman, and he was one-on-one -on -one with Parham, and that's when they got the touchdown. They they singled him out. I mean, that's that's kind of that rinse and repeat type of play calls on Sunday. If you get those linebackers in one-on-one -on -one matchups, no matter who it is, you can go after them every single time. And, uh, you know, watching Perryman, I was excited because I was kind of happy to see how good he's played this year and just wanted to see like how good he's been. But really it's what we talk about. He's got a ton of tackles, but like his career with the chargers, he hasn't made a ton of plays. He just collects everything at the second level uh, has made a ton of tackles, but hasn't made a ton of plays and he's a pro bowler. So 
that's one of those stats that'll get you a Pro Bowl nod, apparently, because he has not been one of the best linebackers in the NFL. He just he was not impressive. He was just like he's always been. He's just getting a lot more snaps and he's getting a lot more opportunities because of the pass rushers. But he's, guys are just falling into his lap and he's collecting a lot of tackles. Yeah, he's not. He's never been a guy who got a ton of tackles for loss. He's not going to get to the quarterback. Not going to make plays on in the passing game, really. Um, Definitely not. So yeah, I agree. I mean, those tackle stats tend to be overinflated, and people get I think a little bit too much credit for making some tackles without realizing whether or not those tackles are making actual impacts on the game. Um, and the defense is designed to funnel tackles his way, and he's making the plays that he's being asked to make. Yeah, but he's not making plays. He's just right. making tackles. Right, right, right. So let's uh, let's move outside and talk about these DBs. They had a real strong game last week uh, between Hayward and. Desmond Trufant and Brandon Faison, another ex-charger. They had six targets, uh, only two receptions between the three of them. It was Nate Hobbs, who was the guy the Colts were kind of targeting, and apparently he's going to be playing on Sunday, which is an absolute shame that they let him play uh, the week after getting a DUI, but it is what it is. And so um, we also know about the safeties, too. They've got the starting safety, Roderick Teamer, also an ex-charger, and then uh, Trevon Merrick, who did not play well last week, a guy who was having a lot of issues tackling against the Colts. And uh, it's Casey Hayward, who's had an excellent season. And then the rest of their DBs just seem to be guys at this point. There aren't guys that have really impressed me. Hobbs has had some flashes for sure. Hobbs has had uh, some uh, good games. But other than that, just between Trufant and Faison, even their backup, Kassan Nixon, they're just kind of guys. Face on is the ultimate definition of just a guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, we've seen enough of him to know teams have been picking on him all year, mostly with great success. Um, I think, you know, while you give the Raiders credit for winning four games in a row, you know, they've been beating up on guys like Taylor Heineke and, and uh, Carson Wentz and other quarterbacks who just aren't very good. Teddy uh, drew Locke, I think, and Teddy Bridgewater a couple weeks ago. So, they haven't seen a lot of competent quarterback play. They haven't seen a lot of offenses that can get the ball down the field effectively or challenge all three levels of the, of the defense. I think we will see the chargers be very aggressive in the, in the intermediate and deep passing games on Sunday and really pick on Brandon face in particular. He's a guy I think you can go after over and over and over again. Um, he's, he's not much of a tackler. He struggles with speed. Uh, I think there are opportunities there to pick on him pretty much whatever they need to or want to. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is going to be a very interesting matchup. The Raiders have some pieces, but as a, as a team, there's a lot of holes. And unfortunately for the Raiders, they've got Gus Bradley running this defense. So, so let's talk about it. This is the probably, well, it is the most important game in Herbert's career in Staley's new career. Do the chargers come out and win a playoff spot, Jamie? I think they do. Um, I, in spite of their four game winning streak, I just don't think the Raiders are that good. I think they've been, I think they, it's three games, but yeah, or three games. Sorry. Yeah. And in spite of their three game winning streak, I don't think they're that good. Um, I, in my opinion, I think they probably should have lost all those games with the turnovers and the mistakes they've been making, but they just keep seeming to find a way to win. And I think that streak ends here. I just think the chargers are a better coach team. I think they have better quarterback play. Um, I think their defense is better, and I think the Chargers will find ways to get off the field and win this game. I'm going to say 
I think it'll be pretty high scoring. I will say the Chargers win 34-24. All right. So offensively, you know, the Raiders have shown that they can hang. Uh, Derek Carr's putting up some monster passing yard stats. Hunter Renfro slowly, quietly developing into a wide receiver one in the league. Uh, defensively, the Raiders have a pretty good pass rushing duo that the Chargers are going to have to contend with. And I think this matchup is going to go a lot like the first one. Eckler had 117 yards on the ground, and I think it'll be another big day for Eckler. I said it last week, and I'll say it again. I think Staley will have his team ready to play. Uh, I thought, you know, it was so important last week that the Chargers get a win, and he left no doubt that Staley had them prepared, ready, and they went out and just handed the Broncos an ass-whooping. And I just think he's going to out-coach Las Vegas. He's going to take advantage of some of these Raiders' shortcomings that we mentioned. And I think especially on that second level, we're going to see a lot, a lot, a lot of business open. So I've got the Chargers winning too. 30-24. So we both have the Raiders scoring some points, 24, but Chargers putting up at least 30 points. So I hope we're both right. Because <laughs> that means the Chargers are in the playoffs. And that'll do it for us today, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, come join us after the game Sunday night. We'll talk about the win and the playoffs or the loss and what a bummer it would be if they lose. So come and join us Sunday night. I am at Garrisisti. Jamie? At lightning underscore round. And we will see you next time. Thanks, everybody.